Welcome to the Eskenzi PR podcast, where we share pearls of wisdom on PR and cybersecurity. Hi, it's Yvonne Eskenzi, and we're going to be doing a podcast today about RSA and how to make the most of it with the media. And today on the phone, we have Maureen McGregor, who is our Senior Account Director of Skenzi PR in our US office. And Maureen, you've attended many RSAs, I believe, in the past. And today we're going to discuss with you how to get the very best out of RSA from a media perspective. So Maureen, Great. you have, obviously, it's a privilege to be talking to you because I know you've, you've been to so many. How many have you actually been to? Well, I've been to six on site and I have run the remote news bureau for many, many more. So I've been involved in RSA for quite some time. It's a really well-run show and there's almost nothing like it. It's just, it's such a great resource. Oh, I didn't know that there was that sort of bureau. What's, what's all that about? That's news to me. Well, one of the things that I think is important for any vendor to keep in mind is that while they're there at RSA, news is breaking around them, Some fr- sometimes from the show floor itself, and oftentimes, you know, just the industry moving forward and, frankly, the bad actors moving forward. News frequently breaks um, during RSA. For instance, a couple of years ago, there was somebody who actually hacked an airliner while the show was in process. So the notion of a remote news bureau is basically saying, you know, let's empower um, the, the vendors with whom we work to respond immediately and effectively, whether they're speaking to reporters on site or whether they're actually connecting with reporters who are equally and similarly back at their own home offices and home news bureaus um, responding to news. Oh, that's terribly interesting. Now, I know that uh, mm-hmm. exhibitions uh, can be a bit of a jungle. I've done, must be 23 info securities. I've done many RSAs and black hats and stuff like that. Um, it's a jungle on the floor. There's a thousand exhibitors all trying to get uh, coverage. They're all trying to launch their products. They're all rustling and bustling for the um, journalist's attention. And I know it's a nightmare to try and get their attention. You know, you've got a thousand people, thousand companies, and you probably only, luckily, if, if you're lucky, got 300 journalists. They just physically can't meet mm-hmm. enough of these guys in the course of of an exhibition. Do you honestly think it's still a good place to release news? You know, I think really that depends a lot on the company's business goals. Many companies choose to announce at RSA just to be able to show that, that, you know, they are there, they're moving forward, and that they they are part of the industry momentum and driving things forward. I I think it's, it's not a question of do we want to launch at RSA, but for many companies, it's a question of, must we launch at RSA? And oftentimes the answer is yes. You know, it varies from company to company, and it certainly varies from year to year and situation to situation. But for many products, if you're part of a large ecosystem that's moving forward at RSA, it's important to show up there. It's very important to announce news there. And um, that can either be, you know, during the show or, frankly, sometimes before. And, and that's what I always do at events like Info Security. I always recommend to our clients, you should try and get as much done before the show as you can two weeks before. And then you meet the journalists on the stand or the booth at the show. What, what do you think about that? You know, I think that's really, really the wisest course. There's a, a saying in U.S. football that, that, you know, a game isn't one on the field. It's really one in the practices. And 
the fact is that the best prep you can do is to get your messaging down, to get your news out there, and to really front load your RSA activities as much as possible with some media coverage and some excitement building. Because it's, it's, it's certainly important to get that media coverage, but it's equally important to do those email blasts ahead of time and to, to do the, the prospect and suspect outreach that says, this is what we're going to be demonstrating and, and premiering at RSA. And you know, Yvonne, one of the things that some companies do is they may announce something a week or two before the show and really enjoy the benefits of getting that coverage, both for the prestige and for the increase in, in you know, participant traffic. And then at the show, they can do a secondary announcement saying today was premiered or demoed for the first time or some sort of a follow-on announcement just to be part of the announced at RSA um, throng. But I completely agree with you. Front-loading front loading the news and really doing careful prep just helps to build the momentum and helps to build the excitement. And frankly, it depressurizes the spokespeople and allows them to focus on what they're really there for, which is talking to prospects and, and informing them. Yeah. So while there's no one right or wrong approach, I think you're, you're very wise in your counsel. Absolutely. And I also think you're right in saying that uh, you know, if you've got the CEO or the MD or whoever it is on your stand, you don't necessarily want them to be doing press interviews. You want them to meeting to be mm -hmm. meeting really tip-top customers and potential customers. So often I kind of have to analyze, is that actually worth taking their time away from the booth or not? So the next question I wanted to ask you is, because you are a bit of a hardened RSA PR manifesto brilliant person, um, how, <laughs> how, how many... Um, how many press interviews do you think you can actually get away with? You know, I know it's damn hard these days. And once upon a time at InfoSecurity, we may be able to have got 10 good interviews at InfoSecurity. What about RSA? Is that too optimistic to expect that? You know, it, it really can be. It's, it's important to remember that these newsrooms have compressed in terms of their staffing and they've shifted their focus. They really want to be speaking about issues, not about products being announced at RSA. Totally. So it's it's wise to pick, you know, it's wise to pick the targets that you most want to go after and go after them aggressively. But recognize that it's important to to fit into their news streams and uh, really let let your reporters be your guide. Um, it's about qual quality and not quantity, and it's about building ongoing, enduring relationships, isn't it? Yes. And I always think what tends to happen is so many of, uh, of, of the meetings end up, the press meetings end up just being meet and greet. And you know what? I see this journalist mm -hmm. so razzled by the end of the day. And I kind of go, have you written some good stories? And they kind of go, no, we, we just met people. And I think that's, and that's, that's good to do too. I think that's very, very important, you know, putting a face to a name. But I do think that not often do our clients really, really get written about unless they've got some smashing news. But there is so much going on at RSA with so many fabulous breaches that are being exposed and stuff like that and trends that are being, um, you know, put out there. that it's very, very hard to kind of um, rise above the noise. Can you, the press list we've been looking at over the last few days, and I have to be honest, it's pretty small at the moment. And at the moment, we haven't seen in the UK press. I know that that press list is often a tiny marginal number of the people that are actually really going. How do you kind of, I guess you're working with your own press list, are you? For sure, absolutely. 
you know, when, when I was on the reporting side, one of the things that we would be careful to do was keep our names off of the pre-registered list as long as humanly possible. Yeah. Most people are nicer than I am on the reporting side, but I have to say, you know, this is this is really the value of working with a great PR agency, isn't it? Yeah. Um, trust your agency and know that they have enduring relationships. They know who's going to be attending. They know who probably won't be attending, but certainly will have their ears open to news. And they know, you know, how to push, how long to push, and when not to push. And that's that that makes all the difference, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Now, I've been to the press office a number of times. It's a small press office. It's not particularly large. Do you do your, your interviews in the press office? And is it easy to get into? Or are there better places to hold press interviews? Well, I think that there are much better places than the press office for a number of reasons. They They do have a great system where there's these small briefing rooms, but... Really, everybody's on top of each other, chicken towel. It's it's just these cubicles in this large open air environment, and you're as likely to pick up on someone else's news as you are to share your own. There are surrounding the Moscone Center, as you know, there's tea rooms, there's Chinese food restaurants, there's hotels, there's many, many places. But it's also a really good, if busy, open air environment, especially outside of the exhibit hall, where you can usually find a little nook or corner to to you know have a, a one-on-one with a reporter, especially if you go upstairs and start exploring some of the back halls. It's you know not a bad thing to say. Let's just grab a, a couple of chairs and drag them over here and and find some quiet space. You know, there's there's also the tea rooms and the restaurants, but that involves you know either waiting for tables or having somebody there ahead of time and just holding the table for you. You know, there are various ways to get around that press room juggernaut um, yeah and it's it's well worth exploring alternatives yeah oh boy it's a very very big show and i know how many times i've gone from one hall to the other hall and i've just um shattered myself i mean you have to wear <laughs> sensible shoes but you also need to allocate don't you, um meetings between different yes. your press meetings because it can take a good 10 minutes, can't it, to get from one hall on the on the north side to the south side. I think you have to factor that bit in, don't you think? Absolutely. And that, by the way, is if you don't meet somebody in the hall who stops you and asks you questions. It's yeah. one thing to look at a friendly reporter or a colleague and say, I'm on my way someplace. It's another thing entirely if a prospect you've just spoken to or sales channel's partner happens to, to stop by or, or cross you as, as you're dashing from meeting yeah. to meeting. Yeah. You can't very well look at them and say, can't talk. So it's it's really good to allocate as much time as humanly possible yeah. for that. You're right, Yvonne. What do you think about uh, putting on events around the show? You know, a sort of breakfast meetings, lunch meetings, evening meetings. I mean, there's so much going on. Um, what's your feeling about putting on events? I think it can be a really exciting and useful thing to do. Um, It's clearly a huge budget item. Probably the best way to go about putting on an event um, from from our recent experience is to really focus it with your sales channels in mind and with your prospect base in mind. Because one thing that definitely will attract reporters if the goal, you know, is is to do that is to have a, a community where there's you know, a fair amount of, of people that they can talk to besides the primary vendor who's who's hosting the event. You know, it really gives everybody a chance to let their hair down and relax and meet one another in a less formal setting. 
but with the clear understanding that, you know, this isn't an interview, it's, it's, it's an informal thing. It's a bridge builder for certain. That said, one caution, if you've got two or three very high profile reporters that have been, that have RSVP that they will be attending, it's, it's only a courtesy to them to have somebody accompany them or, you know, stay nearby in case they need anything at such an event. And also to, you know, be there to manage if, if an informal interview does take place between the reporter and perhaps a sales prospect or something like that. Mm -hmm. the, the, the primary vendor, the host will, will want to be involved. And you know, that's so important. You just mentioned something about being there with key journalists when your clients are actually being interviewed. Do you know the amount of times I've watched PR folks in the press office that are sitting in an interview, they're on their phone, they're looking at the text messaging, they're looking at the news, they're actually scribbling and doodling, they're not paying any attention, they may as well not be there. And so my advice always is you pay attention, you take notes, that is your job as a PR professional. It's also your privilege when you think about it, what we're doing here is really trying to get the very best solutions into the hands of the marketplace. You know, once again, those battles are won and lost over the most minor details. And I don't know, it's, it's a privilege doing what we do. And I have to go into it knowing that. Yeah, and we both, I, we both know that. We've been doing it for long enough. Now, the other question I wanted to ask you is, I normally allocate around 30 minutes per journalist. Do you think that's about right, or is it shorter or longer RSA? I'd almost say shorter because one of the nice opportunities that RSA gives you is the chance to be a real human being to the people that you speak with and that you want to speak with over the course of the next year. These these reporters are careening from from booth to booth and press briefing to press briefing to mm -hmm. press briefing. So it's always a wise idea to start an interview by saying, first of all, you know, do you need a water or a coffee? And by the way, how much time do you have? When's your next interview? And more importantly, where is it? And let's let's shape our, our timing according to that. Because they may want to have a full 30 minutes with you, or they may look at you gratefully and say, actually, I've got something in half an hour. And then you look at them and say, great, we'll keep it to 15 or 20 minutes, and let's follow up after the show. Now, what can you do when an interview's not hitting the mark and not going to plan? You know, isn't, isn't that exactly where that preparation we talked about earlier really pays off? You know, the, the fact is these vendors are these amazing, creative geniuses who we find at RSA and who are, are bringing new products to light are solving real world problems. And they're, do, they're, they're funded and they're, they're diligent and they are working to a purpose. And sometimes if a reporter has heard five or six, um, you know, product announcements or, or speakers or something like that, they're naturally tired because after all, you know, they're only human too. It's always a great idea to remember why you fundamentally started doing what you're doing and pan back, start, switch gears, stop talking about specifically the, the, product or, or announcement being made and start really thinking about what is the larger problem we're solving? What are the impacts of that problem not being solved? And what, you know, what does the reporter really need to understand about the greater issue? And then say, let's take just two minutes and address what we do to solve that issue. And then let's follow up after the show. Or perhaps I can provide you some thought leadership on it if you're open to that. Perfect. More often than not, the answer is yes. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what else can you do to maximize your RSA ROI? 
That's an excellent question. And, you know, one of the great things that RSA has done for the last couple of years is something called Broadcast Alley. And that is a place where it's, it's, it's off-site, it's at a separate stony building, and it is designed specifically for, you know, capturing video and for providing services to, you know, various members of the media. There are, there, there's a couple things you can do there, and one is to, you know, reach out to some publications, some of the tier ones that are going to be taping sessions there, and say, you know, we're not doing this to, to, to talk product. Here's the issue that we're looking to address, and then go over there and do that. The other thing you can do, though, is Broadcast Alley has this service. It provides to exhibitors. It provides you with 30 minutes of time and highly professional, very you know strong production value recording so that you are able to conduct a, an interview in a, a, an RSA set with you know a couple of chairs and a, a great setup, and make it really a, a, a very professional, very compelling B-roll. Anybody who's exhibiting at RSA should really we urge them take advantage of that. Book some time on Broadcast Alley and think about you know whether you want to have one person standing up there making a technical presentation, or whether it might be worth it grabbing either a channel partner or a reporter friend or even a colleague to conduct a back and forth interview because that. That kind of, you know, on-the-spot reporting is is usable in, you know, on, on blogs, it's usable on websites, it's usable in prospect situations. It's a really great opportunity, and it's something, frankly, that's free to exhibitors, so grab it. Fantastic. Now, um, what other tips do you actually have to tell our lovely audience today? Anything else from pearls of wisdom that you want to impart? Just the basics, which are, you know, work on your messaging ahead of time. Get it very, very tight. Get it compelling. And, you know, the, the last thing is, you know, we all exhibit a little bit of, of um, conference fatigue from time to time. And, you know, after a while, a spokesperson might get a little bit weary or a little bit lost saying the same thing mm-hmm. over and over again. And I, I kind of urge them to remember, you know, there are times when a pediatrician feels like, oh, golly, I'm writing the same prescription for amoxicillin a thousand times. But remember, that thousand and first time that a sick child shows up, you, know, you need to be prepared to do that one more time. And it's, it's the same with, with you know, fostering your product and, and, and launching the most important news. And, and you know, you, you've got to be ready to maybe be a little bit, it feels repetitious, but you have to be energized for every interview. It's very important. Take a moment, center, and energize. I like that a lot. Now, I think it's also a really fabulous place to do things like podcasts, even little videos on your mobile phone, because we now live in this world of social media. And, of course, you know, LinkedIn and Twitter, it's just everything. We certainly would be taking our... Uh, our phones and our microphones and we'll be doing all sorts of things together Maureen so I can't wait to see you in four weeks time three weeks time two weeks time it's not very far away <laughs> it's going to be here before we know it thank you Maureen well, thank you Yvonne the thank very you very much okay all the very best and and I hope everyone's found today's podcast really interesting if you'd like to meet Maureen myself or any of the other Risk NZPR team who are going to be there we've got the Americans there, the team there, we've got the UK team coming over. So do contact me as always on my email, which is Yvonne at askenzypr.com. So be prepared, listen to some of our, our hints and tips. 
and uh, I hope to see you all at uh, RSA. Until next time. Bye.